Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a golfer, one's a Hawkeye. Two feeble minds that plot discussion. The sorcerers of hot takes construction. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the pot of Rosedale, the bronze pig full of hot takes. I'm Ben. And we've got Bitter, Eric, on the line. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just sad. It's Bitter doesn't even describe. I'm sad and angry about this gopher team. I I, I don't even know where to start. It sucks. Well, well, I'll, I'll help. I mean, there's an obvious spot to start. The defense was fine. The running game was fine. There's one aspect of the gopher's play which hasn't really been fine all season and was super-duper not fine. And that is Tanner Morgan in the abysmal gopher passing well, game. I mean, Tanner Morgan, that guy should not play another game. Okay, I was, was going to be, I was going to have like a, do we bench him? Is it on no. time? Do we bench him? No, that is, so this is, where I, this is how I don't know where to start because this, I've, 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 I'm th- I've been thinking about it. And it's got to be one of, if not the worst loss in modern gopher history it really it really it really might be if you factor in one just how stunning of a loss it was they were 30 and a half point uh, bowling green was 30 and a half point underdogs it's homecoming so you you always have this sort of cream puff opponent that you play at homecoming they a max school they bowling green had lost 10 straight games to fbs teams so they are not a good team at all, not a good program. You're coming off this big win against Colorado, and you lose the game. You don't score in the fourth quarter. You only put up 10 points. It's honestly one of the worst losses that I can remember. It is so terrible that you lost this game. I just can't figure out why this kind of stuff happens to the Gophers. It's really hard to comprehend because Iowa has had shocking losses, right? Like, there's been losses in Iowa history where you're like, whoa, what happened there? But nothing like this, at least not in my memory. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So the list of, like, point spread all-time upsets top 10, this one just barely missed out on the top 10. I think you have to hit, like, a 32-point spread to crack the top 10 all-time straight-up point spread losses as a massive favorite. And the Gophers just missed out on that. And I did see this was... Hotly debated amongst the Gopher faithful how horrible of a loss this was. Well, they also have to pay, my understanding, they have to pay Bowling Green like a million dollars now, too, because of the loss. Like, just, okay, you go for Minnesota tuition dollars, you just hand those over to Bowling Green because your stupid football coach can't put together an offense to score more than 10 points against a bottom-feeding MAC team. Like, it, it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. You know, and that's the thing about P.J. Fleck. And, and you know, being critical of the Gophers is, is I guess, one thing people criticize that in this media market we're all too critical of this program and they can't win because of it, and which is just complete bullshit, really. But when you stand up here, as P.J. Fleck does, and you project this, like, elite team and we win and, we're, you know, we're going to be great and greatness is what we're looking for, and you pull this shit, like – this is the kind of stuff that is unacceptable when you when you run your mouth the way that guy does with all the row the boat stuff and all of the gimmicks that he runs to then put up a complete turd against this team 
Bowling Green. It's, it's unacceptable. I mean, the whole we talked last week about how USC was a potential. He was on the on the list to go to USC. Take him. I mean, honestly, they the USC coach fired. The USC program fired their head coach for a worse loss than this. So is P.J. Fleck safe here? Yeah, okay, we'll keep him because he beat Wisconsin three years ago or whatever the hell it was. In a lot of programs, you, he would not have a job after losing this game. But he comes up and, oh, it's my fault and, you know, defense and we our wide receiver got hurt and all these excuses. And it's just, you know, it's what it's, think about this program. I've been trying to think of why does the, the University of Minnesota program have all of these, these instances where – that there's there's some traction and then it just completely derails. Brewster did the same thing. Um, Jerry killed all of these. Uh, Richard Patino, who's now fired. And I, I was trying to think about what it is. And I really think it's it's whoever in the athletic department that's responsible for hiring coaches. They always always miss it. They always miss it. They hire the wrong coach, or maybe they can't get the good a good coach in here or can't help grow a coach you know like i said jerry kill tim brewster richard patino are these guys going to be good at any other program no no they're not they're just because they're not good coaches and for whatever reason we gave all these coaches fat contracts like like pj fleck give him an extension he's one of the highest paid uh coaches in the big 10 and he can't, he can't be Bowling Green. It's ab- absolutely stunning. I'm so angry about it. I, I I can't remember getting this worked up about a gopher loss, but it's so infuriating. I want to let you vent because I get it. It would Shit would be horrible. If I had lost to Colorado State, things would be pretty apoplectic. I mean, the other thing— I want to give people a get, picture of this game, though. It was terrible. There, there's a, a few things. So the gopher defense was excellent. I'm just going to paint that. Bowling Green had 192 yards of offense, 22 rushing. Gopher D did its job. 14 points is perfectly reasonable against a, a bad MAC team. That's fine. And one of those touchdown drives, and I think it was the second quarter, PJ Fleck decides to go for it on his own 29, fourth and one, against Bowling Green. Doesn't get it, and then Bowling Green takes the ball in for a touchdown. Which, you know, he did that against Ohio State, and it worked. And, you know, I kind of praised him for it. I I, I don't mind that. I mean, you're playing in a, in a, a Mac team. You should be able to get one yard. I don't care where you are on the field. You could. Well, you could, I disagree that it was a good move. It seems kind of desperate. You want the variance. So Ohio State's more talented than, than the Gophers. You want those high variance plays when you're going against a better team. You need to take more risks to try to create some advantages for your, your team. Yet you should be talented enough that you won't are desperate to go enough, go for it, fourth and one, on your own 29. And I get that you got Trey Potts and you got a massive, gigantic offensive line, but it, that reeks of desperation to but me. That's where you miss your All-American running back, too. You know, we had this debate. I know you'll bring up Potts' stats and his yards per carry or whatever the, the hell you'll bring up uh, and how many yards he had. But sure. I think an All-American running back picks up that yard. Yeah, it's not, it's not the running game's fault. It's not the offensive line. It's not the defense. It's the stupid quarterback that we have. Five for 13 and 59 yards. 59 and two picks. picks. His QBR was like five. For every five passes he completed, he had two picks. Uh, And that is incredible. Did he throw back to back back picks? Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, One was, yeah, one was a borderline. It may or may not have been a pick. It was one of those ones with a stand. The call stood. But the throw was terrible. It was well short of the guy. And then the Gophers still got the ball back again with a chance to pull off a miracle touchdown 
and then he threw another pick straight away. It's, he should never play another game. Well, he might not. It's clear the coaching staff has no faith in him. That's what the, the thing is. When you watch the games, they are Gophers are running the ball an insane percentage of the time, and it's clear that they just don't trust Tanner Morgan to throw the ball. That was the case last week against Colorado. They didn't need to. Colorado stunk up the joint. It was the case against Miami of Ohio. He hardly threw the ball. It didn't end up mattering because Trey Potts iced the game. And he only really started chucking the ball against Ohio State when they were down, you know, two scores in the fourth quarter. They clearly don't trust him. You just, I don't think you could say with a straight face, the coaching staff believes in Tanner Morgan. So I think that's absolutely correct, even though it's coming off as a hot take. He's been abysmal. His season numbers, here's Tanner Morgan, 38 completions on 72 attempts, 540 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, there is probably quarterbacks that have thrown for more yards in one game than he has in four. It's uh, crazy. It's, I mean, it's insane. There's got to be an, and, and that's on PJ Fleck for not realizing this guy's just not good or, or changing the offense or doing something to, to instill some kind of confidence in him to at least be a, a competent quarterback. He, he's not, he's not at all. And this is a fifth year starter. That's yes. just, that's an absolute, uh, it shows exactly what kind of coach PJ Fleck is that he can't take a fifth year starting quarterback and make him you know, anything sort of a competent player or you can't find someone else to do it. It's shocking. See, and I don't remember 2019 all that well. I know it wasn't Onyx Todd considered the starter straight away. It was I don't know if that was 2018 or 2019, but Onyx Todd was the true freshman who was going to start and then Morgan won the job over him. You're Isn't talking like it, you're talking like a 2018 or 2017. 2018. It wouldn't have been 2017. Okay. So Onyx Todd was good enough, at least in practice at one point, he felt he was better than Tanner Morgan. So yeah, I think you got to give him, give him a shot. I, it's, I don't know how you can take Tanner Morgan out there and give him any kind of confidence to show him any. And yeah, even I, if he's it, bad, do you think you could scheme a few plays for some easy completions if you're the offensive coordinator? I mean, he's has he's had such talent at the wide receiver position. I think it's the only reason he, in 2019, had some good stats and last year had decent stats because he's had NFL wide receivers he's been throwing to. And you take some of those guys off the field and he's just a complete train wreck. Yeah. I, I Well, that was my point, you know, when we did our season preview. I didn't think he'd be this bad. I thought he'd be much better than than that at this point. I know they're running a somewhat different offense the last couple of years because they have a different offensive coordinator and maybe the system doesn't work as well for Tanner Morgan if you're trying to devil's advocate, but I don't see how you can put him out there. But again, Minnesota has no other rival in state. There's no other FBS team in state. They should be able to recruit a quarterback that can play a competent game. I mean, Iowa State, Iowa, we're recruiting against Wisconsin maybe, but other than that, in in this sort of – uh, network of high school co- high schools, you got to be able to find a better quarterback. A- again, that reflects on the head coach. You can't bring in someone better than Tanner Morgan. You can't recruit against. N- there's no in-state uh, uh, challenge in terms of recruiting these t- these players from high school. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely that, ridiculous. That's true. I, that, and it's not like they need that great of a quarterback. They just need a competent game manager who can occasionally hit passes. You're you're a Big Ten school, and you have no competition. In the entire state, you should be able to find a quarterback that can play. And we're not asking for All-Americans. We're not asking for NFL quarterbacks, just somebody who can play. I mean, Illinois, Northwestern, they all have decent quarterbacks that can actually play. uh, uh, Indiana's got a guy that, you know, has a lot of juice to him. He obviously hasn't played super great, but 
Like, I'd take him over. You go down the list of any Big Ten team, I'd take any one of their quarterbacks. I just well, like I'm going to pause you right there. I'm going to pause you right there. The Big Ten West is loaded with miserable quarterbacks. I, I tell you, Wisconsin is not thrilled about Graham Mertz, and they think he's terrible. Iowa fans, I think, should probably feel a little bit lucky about Petrus compared to Tanner Morgan. Was it Brandon Peters at Illinois is not great? Illinois, uh, Northwestern's, that Hunter Johnson I guy is take terrible. Take the Purdue guy. I mean, I take the Purdue For Sure. Okay. Sure. There we go. Yeah, that, that would probably be an upgrade, and Adrian Martinez at Nebraska probably be about the only ones that would be a very clear, obvious upgrade. And there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the Big Ten West. Uh, but nothing like, nothing like Tanner Morgan. No, Tanner Morgan, it's, it's been bad. It's, it's been really bad. There's no question. He's the, it's, everything else about the Gophers is in really great shape. They've got an excellent running game. The defense is probably ahead of where I would have thought they would be at this point. They only really had one bad quarter against Miami of Ohio and then Ohio State's that half against Ohio State, but. They've been really, really good. I, but this is why I hate when this program starts winning games and you have all of these fans or people come out of the woodwork that say, well, you know, we're, we're great now. We're dominant. You know, we're elite now. And you you got to just pump your brakes because it's, it's not true. This is not an elite program. Minnesota is a bottom tier Big Ten team. And, and, and it's going to be a while till that changes. And I don't know if P.J. Flex is the guy to make that change, but it's not because the media is hard on him. It's because he doesn't win. He can't win games. Okay, so are you are you calling for you want PJ Flux hat on a platter at this point? You 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 done? No, I'm not saying fire him this year. But if if he doesn't turn things around, I mean, if they finish below 500, yeah, he, he's definitely on the hot seat. 100. Okay, all right. And Gophers finish seven and five. You're you're okay with that? I wouldn't be, but I'm sure you know the. Uh, you look at the probably the administration will keep him for another year. The athletic department won't fire him for that. I don't think he's getting fired this year, regardless. But well, yeah, yeah he okay. he beat Wisconsin, so he's got probably five years until until he gets fired. But it, say they lose the next three games, they lose to Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland. They're going into Northwestern, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin with two wins. They're two and five. I, he might get fired. I doubt it. Uh, I, well, I doubt it goes in at two and five is the, is the biggest thing, but he's playing out the season regardless. I don't think they're firing him mid-season, and I don't think they... I, yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. The expectation is that just the Gophers... Sh- okay, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be competing for a Big Ten title, but they should just be confident enough to not lose this game to Bowling Green. Is that yes. basically... Okay. Abs- you, this, it's, a, it's a game you just cannot lose. You can't lose to these the powder puff non-conference teams you just can't yeah it's i mean it's true bowling green is just not not good it's not like one of those like i mean it's it's a fire where they're really good or you have some quarterback who's playing in the mac but he's gonna be in the nfl or something yeah this is is just not a good team bowling green was really really bad last year and only well two and two now they were one and two coming into this it was is brutal okay fair enough eric it's bad i mean it's really bad I'm not, I know I'm asking this. You're 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 fiery hot. You are you are just melting metal. What do you think the final record prediction is for the Gophers right now? Peak rage. I don't know. I mean, I think they'd be lucky to go 500 the rest of the year. Okay, so you think five and seven is, is where I, they'll you lose put to it? Purdue. Lose to Purdue. Maybe they beat Nebraska and Maryland. They'll lose to Northwestern. They'll probably beat Illinois. I, I think they lose the last three games of the year. So what's that? Three. I think I counted four total wins. Five and seven, probably. Yeah. Okay. 
The five and seven is where you think it's going to be. Okay. If they had even a mediocre passing game, it I I would be very comfortable picking them to win seven games because it, Northwestern oh. is bad. Illinois is bad. I, Purdue is tough to read. We'll talk about it more a little bit later. I don't have a good read on them at all. They hung with they, Notre Dame. Yeah, but I don't know that Notre Dame's all that good. Uh, Notre Dame almost lost to Toledo. Uh, their own big te- uh, MAC game, they almost lost. Uh, they just barely eked that one out. Uh, I, you know, and didn't Notre Dame just beat Wisconsin? Yeah, forty-one to thirteen. It was seventeen to thirteen, and then Graham Mertz threw about a billion pick sixes to make that game look a lot worse than it was. Notre Dame was not. Well, speaking of that, Iowa's got to be licking their chops now. Wisconsin's not that great. If they get past Penn State, you know, boy, Minnesota looks garbage. Your your team. I mean, we'll get to them later, but you guys well, got to be happy with the way things are shaking out. <laughs> okay, uh, look, if you look at Iowa play, Eric, and you think as somebody who's not directly a fan, do you look at Iowa and honestly think they're one of the five best teams in college football? Well, the defense is. I'm not asking about the defense. I'm talking about the, the team It's overall. one of the five best defenses in college football. That's and fine. That's defensible, and I probably agree with that. But overall, there's – Defense is one component to a football team. Overall, do you think, averaging it out, however you want to calculate it in your head, is Iowa one of the five best teams? Five best offensive lines in college football? Are you joking about the offensive line? I cannot tell if you're doing a bit. They got the best center in the country. They're the best center, but their offensive line is the biggest problem with the team. I'm kind of, I, I, I'm at peace. I've, I, I'm willing to admit I've been too harsh on Petrus. I think we've all been too hard on Petrus. He's been perfectly fine. I think he's being coached to not throw interceptions. They've been playing it very, very safe because they know that the uh, defense and special teams are great. But it's the offensive line that's a big problem. Iowa cannot run the ball at all because they cannot get any kind of push. And some of it's the way the running game's structured. It's very predictable. Teams are happy to sell out to stop it because they don't think Iowa's going to attack them and punish them for it. But this offensive line is just really bad. And I'm not trying to pick on it. They have two young tackles who I think are going to be great, but they are just undersized. Yeah. They haven't had another they need another year in the yeah, weight room. Let, let really Ferentz pump them through those uh, weight room drugs and get those guys crazy working out like he always does till they pass out and almost die. And yeah, whoa, bringing up get the up. however you say it that I don't the the Ruboy the the rheumatosis. Right. Yeah, that was a, a nice what is 14 years ago callback. Fine, but the point is, is he has a chance to put those. Yes, he hasn't had a chance to, to pump them full of drugs and, and work them to death or whatever it is you're accusing of. That they're, you know, he's another year before that happens. And they're working hard, and I think they're well coached, but the running game like is a terrible. Cow steroids that he gives all of his offense linemen. Cow steroids? Yeah, cow steroids. Are cow steroids different than people steroids? I imagine it's a different, probably different dosage or something. I don't, he doesn't give, I'm making a joke. Obviously, he doesn't give them cow steroids maybe you just see something nobody else does eric i don't know but their offensive line is not one of the five best in the country it's it's gonna get feast i was headed for as a lot of really ugly low scoring unpleasant football games there are a lot of terrible offenses in the big 10 west so i'm certainly there's nobody threatening uh in the big 10 west other than purdue and nebraska a little bit there's very few teams in the big 10 west where you think oh man this offense is gonna shred this Iowa defense has a chance of, of doing damage. Because, yeah, I don't think Minnesota wants to run the ball 30 times against Iowa's defensive front, great. 
Northwestern's got a rough quarterback and they can't run the ball. Okay, Illinois is Illinois, whose only win is against Nebraska. I'm just going to point out, you know, Wisconsin, Graham Mertz is just a letdown as a five-star thus far. And their offense is not scary. So, yeah, it's the, I'm, I'm not worried about anybody picking apart the Iowa defense. But the question is, wh- where would you rank Iowa's offense? Just not even thinking about where do you think they rank in college football? The running game's pretty good. It's it's absolutely a, objectively a phenomenal run, running back. He's great, but the problem is the offensive line can't block. So Tyler Goodson went 18 carries for 57 yards, which is a 3.2 yards a carry average. I know you aren't a stats guy, Eric, but that's objectively terrible. And if you watched the game and you did the old good old-fashioned Eric eye test, it was bad. He was getting pulverized all the time. He broke one run loose for 27 yards, and he had another one where he bounced it outside for 10. After that, it was an utter shit show. I mean, then you're talking like 15 carries for like 15 yards kind of bad. It was abysmal. Uh, overall for the game, since sacks go against your rushing stats in college football, Iowa had 32 rushes for 54 yards. Good for a 1.7 yard per carry average. Really, really terrible. And that also includes a two wide receiver runs. or well, three actually. Three wide receiver runs for 23 yards. Their running game is terrible. They cannot run the ball. Iowa had let's give you the let's give you the stats. So cool that Iowa snuck out a victory. Much better than the alternative. But what do you think Colorado's yardage total was against uh, Iowa? Hardly anything. It's 250 yards of total offense. Correct. How many yards do you think Iowa had? 300, 350, 400. 278. I gained them by 28 yards. That's it. It was brutal. Iowa's two touchdown drives in the second half came because of a fumble. So they had like a, you know, a very short field for one of them. And then another one was also a short field because Charlie Jones had like a 38-yard punt return. So cool, the defense and special teams are setting the offense up with short fields and they capitalized. But they really kind of eked out a 24-14. Right, but they won. That's What if they had lost to Colorado State? How would you be uh, feeling right now? I'd be, I'd be very frustrated and disheartened. But they don't lose that game because Iowa doesn't lose games like that. Oh, they have. But, you know, like Carson Wentz at NDSU beat him in 2016. Well, right. Uh, he was like a top five draft pick. Like, sure. Gophers have lost to NDSU, too. They've lost to South Dakota. I mean, this isn't the first time this program has had a really terrible loss. Sure. Iowa's lost to Northern Illinois the, most recent the last one. 10 years. Sure. But my point is Iowa's offense isn't. It's still a very big struggle, and I, it's not really Spencer Petras' fault. He's, I think, doing his job. He throws a really good deep ball. Uh, Keegan Johnson is really, really good. Uh, he got loose down the field a couple of times, and Spencer Petras hit him in stride. Some really nice throws. The touchdown pass to Laporta was a super well-called play. They faked the tunnel screen, and the guy bit so hard, and then Sam Laporta was wide open. Great, great, but... Iowa does not move the ball with any consistency. They can't seem to do anything well, largely because they have these young tackles who just can't block very well. And plus the running game is just, it's been stale for a long time, Eric. It's very, very, I mean, they were doing the same thing they've been doing since, you know, 1999, basically. Yeah, I, I know Kirk Ferentz calls all the same plays. I know that. That's true. But do you think anything can stop the Hawks, Eric? <laughs> I don't think so. We'll We'll see. So uh, Maryland coming up Friday night. So what do you what do you think Iowa's favored in this game? You're you're high on the Hawks. What do you think? Before before that, I gotta just make a quick statement here. So 
Um, last week we talked about, I think we talked about this game, how they played on a Friday night and we debated when the last time Iowa played a Friday night game <laughs> and somebody on, I think it was on Twitter was like, you idiots, the pot of Rosedale, Iowa, Minnesota in 2020 played on a Friday night. <laughs> it was November 13th, 2020, Friday night, Friday the 13th, Minnesota, Iowa played. So <laughs> we missed that one. That's true, um, but in in our defense, 2020 was a year which both took 10 years and 10 seconds. Yeah, so didn't really all sense of time. But, but yes, uh, so that, somebody that pointed was, that out. Shouts to the guy that pointed us out that we sh- probably should have known that. But yeah, uh, what do I think? They're uh, Maryland's undefeated, right? They haven't lost a game. Correct. They're four zero. And it's in Maryland. Got to go east. Uh, I bet I was favored by 10 points. Oh, my God. Is it closer than that? Yeah, it's definitely closer. See, this this shows you how off your assessment is. I'm, I'm glad that you're hyped on the Hawks as a Gopher fan. But but Maryland I, hasn't beaten anybody. They beat West Virginia, who almost beat Oklahoma. They beat Kent State, a team Iowa played, probably a little a bit more soundly than Iowa did. The game was basically over by the third quarter. Maryland kind of throttled them a bit. And then backups came in, and Kent State, you know, got some Pat Statting. Oh, they got uh, Tua's little brother, right, as the Maryland quarterback? Yeah, and that dude has completed like 75% of his passes for 1,300 yards. He's going to play in the NFL. Ten touchdowns, one, only one interception. He's quite good. So, no, Iowa is, I think it might have opened with Iowa at four. I think that some books it's moved towards uh, Maryland. Uh, to like three. Ooh. I don't know how. So this maybe will give you some idea how off you are that Iowa has, if I'm being generous, Iowa has the hundredth best offense in college football. It's bad. Like that's not really an exaggeration. They're like a borderline top 100 offense, which is why it's potentially this thing that, that will keep Iowa from certainly I, I'm not holding my breath on the college football playoff. But it'd be the thing that would tank them in the Big Ten West title race. Because there's not a team in the Big Ten West that won't be able to completely shut down Iowa's running game. And, you know, it'll be on Petrus and Brian Ferentz well, to... The next month will be really telling. I mean, the four games they have coming up in October are really going to decide everything. Think about it. No, uh, not really deciding everything. I mean, Maryland... decide if they're going to... If they if they win the next four games, I mean, they're then they're, com- they're, they're coming in as the juggernaut. They'll be the favorite to win the West for sure. I mean, they'll pretty much have it wrapped up by then. It really depends on some other stuff. But, yeah, if they beat Maryland, they beat Penn State, then they beat Purdue, and then, yeah, they're unbeaten into the bye week. And then, well, Wisconsin's after the bye week, but, yeah. And they beat Wisconsin, then they'll be in great shape for the Big Ten West. But if they lose to Maryland or they lose to Penn State, okay, oh, there go their playoff chances. Okay, bye-bye. But it won't impact the Big Ten West race all that much. And we'll do a little bit of a... There's a little check-in here about the Big Ten West, but I, you know, that that won't be a deal breaker. Purdue could be, who knows? With those two Big Ten East games, it's going to tell us more about how good Iowa is, but I don't know that'll tell us whether or not they'll win the Big Ten West. But it's it's brutal. I mean, and here's the thing: Iowa has this reputation about being able to run the football. It has not really been earned in a long time. It's you know, folks that don't pay close attention, and I don't expect them to. You're just in the national media. You, you rely on old, lazy narratives because you just don't have that much time. It's like, oh, Iowa's a good running team. They like to run the ball, control the clock, and protect their defense. That part's true, but Iowa's been pretty bad at running the football for quite a while. They don't. I, I don't even know the last time they finished as a top 50 rushing team. You just look at yards per carry, total yards, 
it, it just isn't great. They don't sit there and control the game offensively the way that Wisconsin has for the last decade or so. You know, they have been one of the best rushing teams, and they've been doing that. Iowa's just a, been a bad rushing team. And, uh, and a lot of it is just the way they run the ball. Very predictable. Teams know how to stop it. They send their linebackers slanting down. They crash down really, really hard and plug in those running lanes, and there's just nowhere to go. Iowa gets to skate on their reputation as a good running team, but they haven't been for a long time. But if the tackles can come together, we'll see. The Maryland matchup's an exciting one, Eric, because it's a team where it, a lot of it's strength on strength. Their offense is excellent. It's very explosive. But Iowa's goal is to give, not give up the explosive play. They've been kind of undisciplined, Maryland has, so there could be some opportunities with them being out of position. There's some injuries in the back end. Hey, while we're at it, let's do this. Let's do our uh, little check-in here of the Big Ten West. So this it's very much a wide-open race here. Standings don't mean a ton. I think it's a mix of alphabetical order. But Iowa is technically number one along with Purdue, both 1-0 and in the Big Ten. Purdue is... Three and one overall. They lost to Notre Dame. Purdue's Big Ten game win was against Illinois, and then uh, Iowa obviously beat Indiana the first game of the season. Illinois is one and four overall. They only beat Nebraska. They now have two Big Ten losses. They lost to Maryland and just now to Purdue in a very ugly game. So I think Purdue is really confusing. I have no idea what to make of those. Your Gophers are sitting at two and two and zero oh and one in the conference, which is true of Northwestern as well. And Wisconsin is 0-1 in the Big Ten, and they're 1-2. and two. They already had an early bye, so they have another week where they'll play. Wisconsin's 1-2, and two, and Nebraska's 0-2 in the conference. So you look at the standings. Nobody's really dominating. Nobody's played each other yet other than Purdue and Illinois, and we all realize Illinois is not going to win the Big Ten West. There are two teams I would just write off straight away, and that's Illinois and Northwestern. I just don't think either one has enough talent to be able to do it. And I'm kind of ready to write off your gophers, Eric. I'm sorry to say. Well, I'm with you. Let's write them off. Let's get the Sharpie out. Well, I'm not going to Sharpie my computer screen, but you should metaphorically Sharpie. So that leaves the Nebraska, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And Nebraska has a, a very competent defense. And I think the best quarterback in the West. So, you know, they have two losses. They're not out of it yet, but they've got to play Michigan. They've got Wisconsin coming up soon, too. So it's a, it's going to be a brutal road. They, you know, Nebraska can't really afford too many other losses to compete for a Big Ten West title. But then that, that I mean, that just leaves Purdue, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin Wisconsin's struggles. tricky. That's that's a hard team to figure out. So interesting. I mean, I feel like they're they're basically the same place as the Gophers. They have a great defense. Um, then maybe the running game isn't as good as the Gophers. But, but they, they've lost. Their only losses are against, like, really good teams. That's true. And, Penn State and Notre Dame are, like, really top-tier. I mean, Penn State, I, I don't know how they jumped ahead of Iowa, but they're at four now because they beat Auburn. I guess that's probably why they, they're they Well, they beat Auburn, there. and Iowa just hasn't impressed. I mean, the, you know, a 24-14 victory over a Mountain West team is not – nobody's going to be like, well, awesome. But and Wisconsin plays – They play Michigan this weekend, right? So that'll be oh, – that's a big game, obviously, for, for them. If they win that, then – who knows with, with Wisconsin, and they're kind of up and down. Well, if they lose to Michigan, then it's, uh, you know, then they're really behind the eight ball as far as the Big Ten West title goes. Oof, I yeah, I mean, you're looking at the standings, the West, This, like I said, is really breaking Iowa's way, you know, the best way possible. There's really no competition if, like I said, if Wisconsin does keep struggling. Purdue, you know, Purdue's only a couple point favorite over the Gophers this weekend. It's hard to, to see what to make of them either. Yeah, they, they might be the best competition of all the teams there. We'll see. It's weird. You know, you know Purdue's, and Purdue's point differential is really good. I mean, it's in 
football it's especially pernicious because you just don't have many data points but Wisconsin's only scored 57 points on the year. Now, they have one less game and two games less than some folks, so that's a little bit misleading. They haven't had as many opportunities to score points. They've definitely scored less points than they've given up. The defense is, is every bit as obnoxious, despite yeah, that. Yeah, but you're looking at points against Iowa's only let up 44 for the whole season. Yeah, it's a lot that's of great defense. Purdue's only let up 57. Minnesota's only at 85, and that included playing Ohio State, which – Nobody else well, in the Big Ten has played a, an offense that good. So also includes a shutout against Colorado. Well, the shutout counts, just like. But if, if you compare the the East to the to the West in the Big Ten, it's it's actually like astounding how much better the East teams are. Well, that's true. It's that's true. Crazy. Michigan State's undefeated. Michigan's well, rolling. Penn State's. I mean, it is bonkers the the difference in competition between the East and the West. That's true, although Michigan State absolutely got outplayed by Nebraska, and then Nebraska just uh, Nebraska'd the game away. Yeah. That w- was ludicrous. But they, I they beat Miami the week before. Yeah, Michigan State's a really good team, but I, I don't know that Michigan State's all that better than Nebraska. I think a little bit of that is Miami, uh, Florida was overrated. I mean, Michigan State's running game got completely shut down. They gained, like, I don't know, 15 yards or something ludicrous in the second half of the game against Nebraska. They couldn't do anything, and that guy just kicked the punt to the wrong side of the field where none of the blocking was. Ah, that's just you, – you can't you can't write this stuff up. If I wrote it in a movie script, Eric, you'd think that was, it was too dumb. Just, just ludicrous. But, yeah, no, Michigan looks great. Penn State looks great. Rutgers, I mean, really played hard and almost came back against Michigan. So, you know, it's, it's definitely the better division. It's just a lot of really, really good defenses, and it's going to be a lot of really shitty offenses. Big Ten West, it's just going to be a lot of eyesore games. So who knows? It's going to come down to uh, a few plays – here, there, everywhere. But I, I mean, Iowa should should win the West. Like I think, as we sit right now in the season, they sh- there's a favorite, and they should win. If they don't, it would be disappointing, right? Yeah, it would be very disappointing at this point. And if they don't win, it'll be because of their offensive line and their their terrible running game. You couldn't ask for a better setup for this team. No, well, a better offensive line, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, things have well, broken. Except, except, yeah, I mean, except for obviously their team, but I'm saying outside of the Iowa program, if you just look across the conference. You couldn't have really asked for a better start to the season, you know, for them to, to come out on top. No, it's true. Gophers look like they're going to struggle. Uh, Wisconsin's got their problems. They really, I mean, Graham Mertz is just looks straight bad. Not even just like another one of their mediocre quarterbacks that they've had forever, but just like straight bad, just really a liability. So, we, you know, Wisconsin looks more vulnerable than they looked in a long time. So, yeah, it's as good a position as they've been in. It'll be disappointing. If it fails, it'll be because Iowa's – Offense just, just couldn't get it done. I mean, I, I, I have utmost faith in the special teams and the uh, defense of Iowa, but the, the offense is just so bad. I mean, they are just, you know, they're supposed to have easy games against Kent State and Colorado State, games where you get right and you, you look really good and you get comfortable and you get in rhythm. And they don't look in rhythm at all. They look very. Yeah, it's like when you schedule Bowling Green on homecoming, that sort of thing, right? That's what you're talking about? Sure. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's a weird choice, but I don't know. See, but like, God, Purdue is so weird. Purdue beat Illinois 13 to nine. So does Illinois have great defense? What's that is just bizarre. Yeah, Purdue beat Oregon State by nine, crushed an abysmal Connecticut team, lost by two touchdowns to Notre Dame, and then beat Illinois by four. So I I don't know what to make. I I, I really want to pick the Gophers to beat Purdue, Eric. I really genuinely want to see them well, win. I can't believe Purdue's only like I said only a point two or two point favorite. Two and a half, something like that. That surprises me. I mean, it is a home game, I guess, for the Gophers. Oh, yeah, that helps. 
for sure. I don't know why I thought the game was. I don't know. You, you don't think they're going to come out pissed? Do you think Onyxstad comes out and says, "Hey, I'm gonna. It's my time to shine, baby." Well, I guess that's the wild card. Is is they bench Morgan, which I don't think he's Fleck has said one way or another what he's gonna do. It sounded like he was still giving him all the praise and he's gonna stick with him. But I, I mean, I really hope they they have another guy on the roster that can complete you know more than five passes in a game and show some offense. You know, if if there is another guy, like you said, their defense is playing well. There's another guy on another quarterback that can do something. Maybe they do turn the season around. And uh, Ottman Bell, if he's healthy, you know, I think that that was one of the things Flex said about losing the game is him going down hurt the team. Um, true. Yeah, I mean, it did obviously didn't help, but you can't blame that that level of output on one wide receiver. So if there's another quarterback, maybe they do turn around. Maybe they beat Purdue, and we're having a different conversation next week. It's it it. Is this a must-win game for him, for Fleck, for this program to hopefully keep his job at the end of the season? I think Probably. we're in that territory. You don't want it to slide. You don't want it to to steamroll because things are going to get a lot more difficult for the Gophers down the road. So yeah, you want to be able to come back, get a win, and try to flush the Bowling Green game you know into the toilet of history. So to do so, what what movie is Fleck playing for them against oh, the Boilermakers? So I can give you mine. Um, sure. So. You know, I, I know a boilermaker is supposed to be like someone that makes boilers, right? Like a tradesperson. But a boilermaker is also a drink. You take your beer and you pour a shot of whiskey in it. That's also known, known as a boilermaker. Oh, yeah. You used to drink those awful things in college. Ugh, it uh, doesn't terrible. taste great. You got to just slam the beer. Yeah, um, it tastes awful. So I thought uh, a movie that I quite liked that came out last year called Another Round. It's a Danish movie. It's about... Sort of, sort of about alcoholism. Really loved it, so I thought PJ Fleck might show him that. Maybe, maybe I'll have a few drinks with the players that are over 21. Get them a little excited. So that was my. So, yeah, so I, I kept, yeah, I mean that seems unlikely. I'm trying to think. Of, so, well, this is gonna. I'm gonna use it for both my recommendation, what I think something he might actually do. If I were thinking about it, you know, looking at his reference points, he's like the 80s and 90s. Some point, like when he was young enough to actually watch movies and just like genuinely have a good time. I would go with. In this theme of trains, Back to the Future Part 3. Do you remember this movie at all, Eric? Uh, Yeah, that's the Western one. I, I do remember it. It's the worst of the Back, back to the Future movies. Oh, it, by far. But things look really bad for Marty, you know. He gets trapped, and he doesn't know when a lightning bolt's going to strike this time. And he needs to find a way to power the engine. So they got to figure like out how the- they could... The track, they run out of track. Yeah, they've got to, uh, they got to be creative and clever, and they've got to give themselves, they got to get up to 88 miles an hour on an old locomotion, you know, old locomotive from the 1880s or whatever. Got to be really creative. Things look bad, but they're going to figure it out. And when it's most dire, that's when you rise up and you, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, his metaphors get so lost to me, but somehow he spins it into you, you're going to, Get back to the future of great play or something. That makes as much know. sense as anything that comes out of that guy's mouth. So, all well, right, it. that's what I was just thinking of. Train, and that that was that was my little little roar shock. I couldn't think of anything for the you know, I was playing the Terrapins, and I couldn't. I just kept getting stuck on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was gonna say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I also thought of the Neverending Story. Wasn't there like a big turtle in that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, well, he's probably in more of them, but I only remember him in the first one. He apparently knows everything, so. There's more than one never-ending story? Is it, oh, are we I'm, I'm the delighted. Same thing? Yeah, there's three never-ending stories, Eric. 
Oh, at least no three. Worries. Yeah, there's a part two um, with the kid from I think Ladybugs, and he's in other stuff as well. And I think he tragically died at a young age. He's he takes on the main lead, and then there's a part three, which I've never seen, but it has Jack Black in it. A very young what? Jack, Black. Jack Black. No way. Yeah, this I mean, this is obviously he, I, he's probably doing the Tenacious D thing, but he uh, had not made it big time yet. So he, uh, yeah, he's in it. He plays the bully, I think. I've only ever seen the back cover of like um, I had a buddy that had it on VHS. You could see Jack Black with a horrible like bully spiked haircut, being menacing. So yes, there are three neverings, but anyway, they yeah, the turtle that knows everything. Iowa knows everything. I don't know. I, I guess you're predicting a, a, a loss for the Gophers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm going to say they eke out a very disgusting 17-3-13 win. I'm going to just – this could be contrarian to you. So yeah, you if, if they just take this Bowling Green game and it was like didn't happen and then, you know, total total uh, mirage to the season, then that's fine. You know, then, okay, let's move on. It was a crap loss. It was homecoming. Maybe the kids were all hungover or something. I don't know. Like, that's fine. But if if they keep losing, lose this game, I'm out on PJ and – yeah, it's not great. It's, so. it's all or nothing. He wins or you're done. Chip sales. I, I okay. don't know how you can come back from this. It's the only way you can plug up. There's a there's a hole in the boat. Water's coming in. He's got to yeah. plug it up. You can keep on rolling with that underwater boat. Is if that's really I I just don't know how you come back from this. Okay, we'll see. So I hope you're right. I hope you're right because this will be a boring podcast <laughs> if this team is just completely in disarray the rest of the season oh we might get more epic eric rants all right and then are you since you're higher on the hawkeyes than me are you predicting an iowa win in uh college park yeah i think they win well, give me i think final. it's a low scoring game sure they all are with like iowa 17 13 something like that okay that's the yeah yeah that you took my um, minnesota purdue prediction but that's it's also something I, here's what i'll do i'll do 20 to 14 Iowa. I'm going to drink the black and gold Kool-Aid. I think there's a couple of big plays from Iowa, either in special teams or yeah. breakdown. They get mistakes. Maryland Two his little brother fumbles and they score running in again. Moss scores another touchdown, something like that. Yeah, Iowa hasn't had an interception in a couple of weeks, so he gets a little impatient, forces something in, because Iowa just sits back there in their cover two, just waiting, 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 and just gets sick of the underneath stuff, and he takes a shot and Pick or two. That's what I'm going to go with. And then setting up, hopefully, really epic matchup against Penn State. We'll see. Do you think there's going to be a contingent of Iowa fans traveling to Maryland? Given that they're you know fifth-ranked team, huge game, biggest game up to this point in the season, are, are we going to see a lot of your Iowa family, Iowa fans travel over there? A small amount, but I, I mean, it'll be mostly Maryland fans. For sure. I mean, they they're excited about their team, and this thing about being five, you know, fifth ranked, everybody sees you like, oh man, I can get a program defining win by beating this Iowa team. It's and the I'm only sure game you. on TV. I mean, it's a nationally televised game. Right, and they're gonna think, man, we we can do this. We can show. And you're gonna we're gonna get the Fox crew, right? We're gonna get your guy Stoops. Does he actually call games, or he just sits at halftime? And no, it's just, just the halftime and the pregame crew. He would be but, abysmal. Yeah, I, I watch it all because it's it's just dynamite. How great he is. Uh, yeah. Well, but I don't know, man. I, I, if you if you think defensive coordinators on other teams aren't looking their chops at Iowa's offense, you're you're 
really mistaken. And they're looking at Iowa and like, oh yeah, we can shut that offense down. And I think Maryland knows how to do it. They've they've got they're they've got 16 sacks in four games. That's a four sacks a game. Petrus is going to have dudes in his face. He's going to be sacked a lot. Just got to hope that you can get him out of position, hit a big player or two, just take the pressure off the defense and let the defense coast. It's going to hope that that happens. Oh, and this is our last thing. We, we alluded to a little bit earlier, but the votes are in, and the people have correctly decided that War Pigs defeats Piggy. Yeah, the votes are in. Let's let's look at the votes. I, I'm I'm sending I'm sending my legal team down to the state of Iowa. I got the My Pillow guy. We're all traveling down there. I I'm going to hold a press conference in front of some building because this this whole vote, everything about it was completely it's a complete fraud complete fraud and i'll tell you why so yes it is true looking at this voting system your song has won you you got a higher percentage of votes than i did but if you actually look into the data my song was listened to more than your song so i don't know how that's possible how someone the fans out there are loving fans could listen to my song more than yours but then vote for yours you know, there was no lock on the system. I don't, the Dominion voting system is, <laughs> didn't work correctly. You could have voted more than once. I don't know. Maybe you went in there and just kept hitting the vote button for yourself. Uh, Here's the you thing. Know, I'm going to make a stop the steal. It's, uh, I'm going to call down to the pollsters in Iowa and just tell them to find me some votes. Find me some votes. That's what I'm asking. So here's the th- here's the thing. Whether those votes are legitimate or not, Eric, it, it, it is, you know, striking at my, my faith in democracy. Because yours should have won. I thought yours was just more funny, your desperate plea with Floyd. And it's like you're trying to get Floyd to come back to you, like Floyd broke up with you. And you get increasingly desperate throughout the song. And just just trying to find something, maybe something, and it's it's super funny. I genuinely well, thought it was better, and I genuinely voted for yours. I, I liked I, your lyrics a lot. I thought thought the lyrics were great. Uh, I I'm just kidding, obviously. I, I do want to thank anybody who listened to it at all. Oh yeah. Um, because uh, we appreciate that, and anybody that voted, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. Anybody that voted, commented, it's, it was. Uh, a lot of fun to do, frankly. Uh, I think we might do more song battles, uh, you know, at some point. Oh, for sure. We're definitely going to do it. So this is, this is this is really good fun. And so we'll we'll splice up a little bit of mine and use it as the as the intro for now. No promises long term that we'll keep it forever. Might try different things, but we'll at least let it be there for for a week or two. So all right, everybody, got some exciting football. Friday Night Hawks. Saturday Gophers Purdue. Bye-bye.